Our topic for tonight is UFOs, the occult, and Christ's coming. In recent years, there has been a surge of renewed interest in the topic of UFOs. In fact, at the end of 2012, the Hollywood produced a major movie, UFO, Try to Remain Calm, underscoring the public interest in the topic of UFOs. There was an article back in 2000 in Life magazine that was entitled, UFOs, Why Do We Believe? And the article revealed some interesting facts about UFOs. Over 16 million Americans claim to have seen a UFO. 2.7 million Americans say they've met an alien from another planet. Apparently, there's a lot of aliens visiting planet Earth. And there were 2,416 UFO sightings in 1999. I understand that in 2012, there were almost 6,000 sightings. And also, 43% of Americans believe UFOs are real. And 30% believe aliens have visited planet Earth. So you can see there's still a lot of interest in the topic of UFOs today. And we're going to study about UFOs tonight. One researcher who studied UFOs for the U.S. government, he concluded that 90% of UFO sightings actually turned out to simply be tangible objects, real things. Maybe a drone or some sort of similar thing. In fact, son, the U.S. government did a major study on the topic of UFOs that spanned some 50 years of study. And they're making airplanes these days that almost look like UFOs. If you didn't know what it was that flew over, you think, what, was that a UFO? In fact, look at this airplane. This is a new one developed by the U.S. Navy for the Navy, an unmanned craft that looks very similar to a UFO. Here's another picture of that particular airplane. Looks like a UFO, huh? But then there are 10, there is the 10% that is indeed unidentifiable, unidentifiable flying objects, and that's what's kept up the interest in UFOs. Here is a map of UFO sightings worldwide. Please notice that the darker the color, the higher the number of UFO sightings. What country leads the world in seeing UFOs? Yes. It's the United States of America. That's why you really don't want to go to America. There's too many aliens visiting America, UFOs. Please notice that the Philippines is so light, you can't even see it on the map. So we're safe here in the Philippines from those UFOs. I guess the UFOs, they don't think it's more fun here in the Philippines. So we're safe here. There are two different classes of UFOs. One class is what is called the hard class. This is those that appear to be tangible objects, maybe a saucer or a cigar or some other sort of shape. And then researchers say there's a second class, and that's what's called a soft class. This is often a sort of a gaseous or cloud formation or moving lights. You may have heard of the UFO light that descended above the Dome of the Rock Moss not long ago and then went back up. And what's interesting, those who see UFOs of this class would often say, what I saw looked like it was alive. And sometimes they would say it would split in two and fly off in opposite directions. And the amazing thing the researchers have discovered is that the vast majority of UFO sightings fall into this second class, the soft class. 
Another researcher who spent seven years studying UFOs, he said this, reading, We don't really have evidence whether or not flying saucer beings have communicated with human beings. There's no concrete evidence, he says. But reading on, But the interesting thing that we have discovered is that whenever anybody claims they have had an encounter, the message seems to always be the same. What was that message? What is the message of the UFOs? Here it is. War must stop. Peace must come. Don't you like that message? In a world that suffers so much from warfare, how appealing the message from the UFOs. War must stop. Peace must come. But wait. Could it be that some evil mastermind is seeking to deceive the world with this appealing message? Could it be that the devil is using UFOs to carry an appealing message to the world, seeking to deceive people? We're going to find out tonight. Now, it's not our object tonight to look into all the various aspects of UFOs. That's not the purpose of our study tonight. But we do want to answer a couple of questions. First of all, does this UFO phenomenon... Does it have anything to do with the Bible? Can you harmonize the two? And the answer, son, is no. Well, my next question. This is a question for my son. What about the UFOs in the occult? Is there a link between the UFO phenomena that's so popular today and the occult world? Yes. Researchers have discovered that there is a direct link between UFOs and the occult. In fact, whenever there's an increase in society in psychic phenomena, supernatural power, black magic, white magic, occult sciences, there's always an increase of interest in UFOs, and there's always an increase of UFO sightings. Here's what's amazing. In 2009, there was a 300% increase of UFO sightings over 2008. Why do you suppose that is, son? Well, it has to do with what people are interested in thinking about and looking at in society. Things like Harry Potter or Twilight or other supernatural things. People are very interested in the supernatural. And as a result, we are interested in UFOs. Now, that brings us to some other questions. What are the psychics? What do the occultists what do they say about UFOs? Do they believe in UFOs? I should just mention the occultists, the psychics, they don't believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, just a good book. They don't believe Jesus is the divine Son of God, just a good man. They don't believe Jesus is coming back in the clouds of heaven, but they do believe in UFOs, the psychics and the occultists. In fact, research says that 90% of psychics and occultists believe in UFOs. Let's look at some examples. Here's Cybalik, an English astrologist, said, Aliens from outer space will visit our planet with a message of peace. Here's what another psychic said, Olaf Johnson. Contact between them and us, that is aliens and man, will accomplish the good of mankind. Another psychic said, this is George King, beings via UFOs will bring world peace. Well, question, are the UFOs going to bring world peace or is somebody else? 
No, it's going to be the Prince of Peace that brings world peace, Jesus. That is Jesus Christ. I was presenting this topic some years ago in the former Soviet Union. And I had a young man come to me after the lecture. He didn't like what he had heard. And he told me that he had been taken by aliens in a UFO to another planet. And there on this other planet, he had been healed of a disease. As we talked, I found out he was very much involved with the occult, with UFOs. He didn't believe the Bible was the inspired Word of God. It was just a good book. He claimed to be a Christian, amazingly. And he told me that he had his own UFO in which he would travel during meditation. In fact, he told me, he said, Lowell, I could teach you how you could have your own UFO to fly in. I said, I'm not interested. <laughs> now, I don't doubt that young man's story. No doubt he did visit that other planet, either in reality or in vision, probably in vision. But the question is, who took him there? Well, the Bible reveals to us that the devil took Jesus up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. So we know that the devil can transport people places and he can give visions to people. Now, whether the devil took Jesus to the mountaintop in a UFO or not, we're not told. But one thing we do know, the devil can carry people places. And so no doubt that young man, he was carried off somewhere, probably in a vision. But we know that the one who carried him away, that was not God. Because there is a direct link between UFOs and the occult world. Some years ago, I presented the topic of UFOs in Colorado. And I had a man attending the lectures who was a retired commander from Cheyenne Mountain. Cheyenne Mountain. This is a picture of Cheyenne Mountain. That is the underground military city that's built right into the mountain. Here's a picture of the entrance to Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Describing it. It says here, Cheyenne Mountain is the underground complex near Colorado Springs that serves as the nerve center for space and missile events around the globe, as well as air activities over Canada and the United States. Reading on, it is the central command post for the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, and the United Space Command, U.S. Spacecom. NORAD, U.S. Spacecom intelligence satellites orbiting at 36,200 kilometers above the Earth's surface, provide a 24-hour-a-day coverage of the entire Earth. Information from these and other satellites is transmitted to Cheyenne Mountain for analysis and dissemina dissemination to the national command authorities at the Pentagon and the White House, as well as the national governments of allies around the world. This is how he describes this underground city, this military city built right into the mountain. And then these are his own words. I'm quoting. This is what he told me. In my 20-plus years of having direct knowledge of information gathered by a multitude of the world's most highly sophisticated intelligence-gathering satellites and ground-based sensors, nothing, nothing would lead me to believe that there is anything valid about the UFOs and extraterrestrial reports. That's not to say that these things don't exist. I am merely saying that there is nothing that we can prove from a scientifically verifiable source that would either confirm or deny their existence. 
As a Christian military officer, I believe instead that these sightings are very sophisticated manifestations of Satan's deceptions. That's what he said, this retired commander from Cheyenne Mountain. With all that information coming into this nerve center, he says, I believe that the UFOs are very sophisticated manifestations of Satan's deceptions. And I would agree with his conclusion. Even the news is beginning to realize this. This is from the Canadian News, March 1, 2012. It says, many UFOs are shape-shifting demonic entities, not actual spacecraft. So even the news calls them demonic entities. The devil is out to deceive the world, and he's using UFOs to carry an appealing message. But is the devil just wanting to deceive the secular world, the New Agers, those types of people? Or does he want to deceive Christians too? Well, he, wants, he also wants to deceive Christians. That's true. Could it be that before Jesus comes back literally in the clouds of heaven, is it possible that Satan might come to earth claiming to be Jesus returned to earth? Might he try a trick like that? Let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Mark that in your notes tonight. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into into what? Into an angel of light. Usually when you see pictures of Satan, he's pictured as an ugly devil with pointed ears and a pitchfork and a tail. What's the Bible say? He appears how? As an angel of light. No doubt he'll come someday and he'll claim to be Jesus returned to earth. In fact, Jesus predicted that might happen. He warned us against deceptions. Let's go read his warning from Matthew 24, 23 through 27. Jesus outlines some areas of deception here, and let's notice it. Jesus says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. What did Jesus say? Don't believe it. They say there's something secret about Christ's coming. Don't believe it. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus outlines here three general areas of deception concerning his return. There would be, first of all, deception about the place or the person of Christ, false Christ coming. Then deception about the place, here or there. And then there would be deception about the manner of his return, secret. Some people thinking it would be a secret event. Let's look at these three deceptions. We'll start with the first two, and we're going to take them together. The person, false Christ, the place, here or there. Suppose some night you turned on your television to watch the news, and the announcer there on the television is saying excitedly, Jesus has come back. He's come to, he's come to Manila. Or he's come to Jerusalem, or maybe to Rome, 
And you see there on television this dazzling being. Looks just like the paintings of Jesus that we've seen. And you see thousands flocking to him. You watch as he apparently he heals the sick, casts out devils, maybe even appearing to raise the dead. You hear him say some of the same gracious words that Jesus spoke. What would you do? Well, if he came to Manila, I'd have to go visit him. Or if he came to Jerusalem, I'd have to get a plane ticket and fly over to meet him. Would you? Oh, you might. If you didn't know how to spot the real Jesus from an imposter, will there be a message, son, that goes out someday that Christ has come back? Yes, there will. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 23, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, what does Jesus say? Believe Jesus it says, not. Believe it not. So apparently there's going to be a message that goes out. Christ has come back, and Jesus says, don't believe it. In fact, he tells us not even to go see an imposter. Verse 26, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert. That would be sort of like Jerusalem. That's sort of desert area. Behold, he is in the desert. What's Jesus say? Oh, not forth. Why not? Might be deceived by miracles. Or charisma. by his charisma or by his power. Could it be that the devil will come back claiming to be Jesus? Oh, I have yes. no doubt. He will come someday. He'll look like Jesus. He'll talk like Jesus. He'll act like Jesus. He'll work miracles like Jesus. He'll have the scars in his hands and feet like Jesus. Oh, yes, we're already seeing that deception. You may have heard of people that had the bleeding wounds in their hands and their feet. We're already seeing these deceptions in the world, and Jesus warned us to beware. Deception about the person, false Christ. Deception about the place, here or there. But also there would be deception about how Jesus would come back. The manner, secret. Some thinking it would be a secret event. What's Jesus say? Behold, if they say, behold, he is in the secret chambers. What? Believe it What's not. Jesus say? Believe it not. Believe it not. Why not? Well, it says, verse 27, Jesus says, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, son, is there secret lightning? Well, I've never heard of secret lightning. If it's secret, it's not lightning, right? Right. This is no secret event here. There is this common teaching today called the secret rapture, where Christ comes and takes the righteous secretly, raptures them to heaven. But that's another deception of the devil. Jesus says his return is going to be as bright as the lightning. No secret event happening here. The devil is out to deceive the world. He's deceiving much of the secular world and the New Agers with UFOs. But he's also seeking to deceive Christians with false ideas and doctrines concerning how Jesus will come back. And there's only one way that we can keep from being deceived by all the myriads of Satan's deceptions, and that is by the Word of God. We must know what the Bible teaches about how Jesus will come back. That's what we're going to study tonight. In the Bible, we find five facts concerning how Jesus will come back, and we're going to list these five facts for you tonight. 
First of all, Christ's coming is one of the great themes of the Bible. It's mentioned, somebody said, over 2,500 times. Jesus promised He would come back. Here's an example. Mark it in your notes. John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. I will what? Come again. I will come again. And then the Apostle Paul, Titus 2.13, said, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. What kind of appearing? Glorious appearing. Not the secret appearing, but the glorious appearing. That is the blessed hope. Let's mark down tonight these five Bible facts about how Jesus will come back. If you have these five in mind, you will not be deceived by an imposter. I don't know if they're in your handout, so you might want to mark these. Fact number one, the Bible teaches us Christ's return will be a literal event. It's going to be what? Literal. There are some people who teach that Christ's coming is merely a spiritual event. In fact, I understand there is one church that teaches that Jesus has already come back. They say he came back back in 1914 or something like that, and he's here now by his spiritual presence. Well, is the second coming of Christ only a spiritual event, or will it be a literal event? Well, let's see what the Bible says, Acts 1, 9 through 11. Mark that in your notes tonight, Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a, and a cloud received him out of their sight. This is describing Christ's ascension after his death and resurrection. And while they, that's the disciples, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. No doubt these two men, they were angels. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, not an imposter, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come, how? In like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. How did Jesus go up? Did he suddenly disappear and leave his robe in a crumpled pile at the disciples' feet? Did he suddenly get raptured? No, they saw him go up. And he's coming back how? Like manner. In like manner. Now question, was that a real Jesus that went up? Or was it just some sort of spiritual presence? That was a real Jesus. If you'd like a text to show how real he was, put in your notes Luke 24, 36 to 39, which tells us after Christ's resurrection, he had flesh and bones. Jesus says, I'm not a spirit. A spirit does not have flesh and bones like you see I have. Now, I should clarify. That was a glorified flesh and bones, not subject to disease or aches or pains the same kind of flesh and bones we will receive one day when Christ comes back. And with that glorified flesh and bones, verse 51, it tells us Jesus went up to heaven. He was a real person, a real body, and he's coming back how? In like manner. In like manner. So number one, fact number one, the Bible teaches us Christ's coming will be a literal event. Let's move on now to fact number two. We're going to read that from the same text, Acts 1, 9 through 11. Let's reread this and notice the words in yellow. It says, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they 
looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? What do those four words imply? Well, they imply that they saw Jesus go up. Since they saw Jesus go up, will we see him return? Yes or no? Oh, yes. He's coming back in like manner. So fact number two, Christ's coming will be a visible event. Fact number two, a visible event. How visible? Matthew 24, 27 says, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Is lightning visible? Well, lightning is visible even without your glasses. You can see lightning. In fact, even with your eyes closed. Try it sometime. Stand by the window during a lightning storm. Don't go outside. Stand by the window and close your eyes and see if you can tell when the lightning flashes. It's so bright you can sense it even with your eyes closed. This is not a secret event. Let's give you another text. Put this in your notes. Revelation 1, verse 7. The Bible says in Revelation 1, verse 7, Behold, he comes with clouds, and how many? Every eye. Every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Apparently, every living person is going to see Jesus when he comes back. You won't even need your glasses to see that event. No, everyone will see him. But don't people say that only the righteous will see Christ when he comes back? Well, that's what some people say. But let's notice what the Bible teaches from Matthew 24, 30 and 31. Here it says, Matthew 24, 30 and 31. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall how many tribes? Oh. All the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see... The Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And by the way, they're not mourning because their beloved righteous friends and relatives suddenly got raptured. They're mourning because they're not ready. Verse 31 says, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven even unto the other. Isn't that the rapture, son? That's the rapture, the gathering together of the saved or the elect. There it is, and everybody sees it, the Bible says. Every eye shall see it. The gathering together of the elect happens when every eye shall see him. Jesus is not coming quietly to some distant city. Not going to have to read about it in the newspaper or hear about it in the radio or watch it in the television. Fact is, son, if you had to hear about it from the news, what would that tell you? That's not a real Jesus. That's not the real Jesus. If you got to hear about Christ coming in the news, if you see it on television, Jesus has come to some great city, you know that's not the real Jesus. Because when Jesus comes, how many eyes will see him? Three eyes. Let's read it all together, Revelation 1-7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. How could that be, son? We live on a round world. Well, I don't know, but we all see the sun as it rotates, or as the earth rotates. So all Jesus would have to do is make one pass around the earth, and we would all see him. We don't know if we'll all see him at the same moment or if he'll make one pass around the earth. But one thing we do, do know, when Christ comes back... Every eye shall see him. 
How do we know that? Because that's what the Bible teaches. Base your faith on the Bible. I hope you're taking notes tonight, marking down these texts. You need to go check it out in your own Bible. See if that's what the Bible actually teaches. Let's go now to our next fact. Fact number three, the Bible teaches Christ's return will be a dramatic, audible event. Number three, an audible event. Let's read a text from Psalms 50, verse 3, which says, Psalms 50, verse 3, Our God shall come and shall keep silence. Oh, you missed a word. Did I miss something? Yes. What a difference one little word will make. Let me try that again. Our God shall come and shall not, not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him. It shall be very tempestuous round about him. Does this sound like a secret event? Not at all. Let's go read the noisiest verse in the Bible. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. Here it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Christ's coming is no secret event. He's coming with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. We already learned that when Christ comes back, it's going to be as the lightning. After lightning comes what? Comes what? If you were sleeping, you're not sleeping now. <laughs> I hope I didn't scare you too bad. I remember one time we did that, and we had it turned up too loud, and it set off the alarm system in the hall. Uh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> and then one time we did that, and there was an elderly lady sitting in the audience. She screamed. And so at the door, I said to her, I said, I'm sorry for scaring you like that. Oh, no, she said, that was fun. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> well, we hope you're awake. It's not going to be a silent secret event. Bible says that the Lord will descend from heaven with the trumpet of God. And one thing about trumpets is that trumpets are not silent. Are you sure, son? I'm sure. We used to play trumpets. That's right. My son and I used to play trumpets, and we know trumpets are not silent. Can you imagine how loud it will be when the Lord himself blows the trumpet? No secret here. Let's read the next verse. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, that's those resurrected, in the clouds to meet the Lord in Manila. Oh, no, in the air. Oh, to meet the Lord in Jerusalem? Where are we going to meet the real Jesus? In the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Please don't miss that point. If you have to go to some great city, Rome, Jerusalem, Manila, wherever, wherever you see that this Jesus has appeared, what do you know? Not a real Jesus. That's not the true Jesus, because when the real Jesus comes back, we're going to meet him where? In the air. That's what the Bible teaches us. First Thessalonians 4, verse 17. Christ has come back to fulfill his promise. Let's read that promise, son. John 14, 1 through 3. 
says, Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So Christ has come back in this picture to fulfill his promise. Christ's return will be, number three, a... Audible. A dramatic audible event. Let's go on now to our fourth fact about how Christ will come back. Number four, Christ's return will be a climactic event. What kind of events will happen when Jesus comes? Well, let's go read about it from Revelation 16, 18, and 20. We're going to begin in verse 15 for the context. Here it says, Christ says, Behold, I come as a thief. So he hasn't come. He's coming here. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. When he comes, what will happen? Drop on down now to verse 18. It says here, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. What does this great earthquake do? Verse 20 says, And every island, how many islands? All 7,107 of them. Every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Imagine an earthquake that has enough power to sink the islands and flatten the mountains. It will be a climactic event. Son, don't we have to worry then? We're on an island here. No, we don't have to worry, because the righteous will be going up to meet the Lord in the air while all these events are happening. So while the islands are sinking, if you're among the righteous, where are you headed? You're headed up to meet the Lord in the air. And, of course, that earthquake will totally flatten, totally level and destroy all man-made structures. And then we know that the devil would have to have the cooperation of all nature to duplicate the exact manner of Jesus' return. We know he's not going to be able to do that. You know it's not the real Jesus unless you feel the ground shaking beneath your feet. Unless you see the islands sinking and the mountains flattening, unless you can look up with everybody else and see Jesus coming back, if that isn't all happening, you know that's not the real Jesus. Let's go to fact number five now. Fact number five, the Bible teaches us Christ's coming will be a glorious event. How glorious? Matthew 25, verse 31 says, put it in your notes. Matthew 25, verse 31 when the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and how many? All. All the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Son, how many angels are there? Well, we don't know exactly how many, but the Bible says 10,000 times 10,000. That's 100 million. And then it says there's thousands of thousands. So if you take 100 million, you multiply it by 1,000, and then you take that answer and you multiply it by 1,000, then you're getting close. Imagine the glory of billions and trillions of angels. Where's the text for that? Revelation. Revelation 5.11. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels. Let's review what we've learned tonight. We found out from the Bible that Christ's coming will be, number one, a literal event. Number two, be visible. Number three, it will be an audible event. Number four, climactic. climactic. And number five, 
It will be a glorious event. Will it be a secret event? Well, some people question, is it, isn't Christ coming going to be like a thief? Some people say, well, his coming, the Bible says he's going to come like a thief. That means he'll come, he'll take the righteous, and he'll go again. Well, let's read what the Bible says, 2 Peter 3, verse 10. Put it in your notes. 2 Peter 3, 10. But the day of the Lord, notice it, not the Lord, it's the day of the Lord, will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Does that sound like a secret event? No. It will be a secret. The day of the Lord is going to be sort of like a surprise to people. The day of the Lord, it's going to be a thief in timing, not in manner. When a thief comes, how does he come? Does he call you up on your cell phone and say, hello, this is Mr. Thief calling. I'm going to be there about 2 o'clock. Better have the house secured. Is that how he comes? No. He comes how? As a surprise. He comes secretly. And it's the same with Jesus coming. It will be a surprise, not because the wicked haven't been warned, but because they weren't ready. It's going to be a surprise in that the world is not expecting the event. Just like in Noah's day. In Noah's day, those who were unprepared, the wicked, were they expecting the flood to happen? Not at all. No, they weren't ready even though they had been warned. Just so at end time, the wicked will not be expecting Christ's return. What happened in Noah's day? Did the wicked that were left outside the ark, did they experience a seven-year tribulation? No. Some Christians say, well, Christ is going to come back as a secret event, and then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation after that. Notice what Jesus says from Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What was it like in Noah's day? What happened to those that were not taken into the ark? They drowned. Well, that's right, and Jesus said it's going to be the same way at end time. But son, doesn't the Bible say one will be taken and one will be left, left behind? Well, it does. Let's go read that from Luke 16, 27, 26 to 37. We're not going to read the whole passage, but you can mark it down. Here you find in the Bible the story of one taken and one. How many of you have heard that? One shall be taken, one shall be left. Let me see. All right, looks like most of you have. Well, the one who's taken, who's that? The wicked or the righteous? That's the righteous, taken to heaven. The one who's left behind, who's that? That's the wicked. Now, here's the question. Those who are left behind, are they left dead or alive? Let's see what Jesus said. Here, Jesus says, well, here the disciples say, they answering, saying to him, where, Lord, where are the wicked going to be left? And he said unto them, where the body is, where the carcass is, thither will the eagles also be gathered together. So those who are left behind are left behind for the birds of prey to feast upon. Mark the text down, Luke 17, verse 37. It was Jesus who said that those left behind are left for the eagles to eat. There is a very popular Christian novel series in America today called Left Behind, describing in graphic detail the adventures of the wicked that are left behind on planet Earth after Jesus comes back. There's only one problem with that novel What's series. What's the problem, son? That is that truth was left behind. That's right. 
Truth was left behind in the left behind novels. You have learned tonight what the Bible teaches. What will happen to the wicked when Jesus returns? Well, son, let's read from the Bible the answer to that. You can mark these in your notes, these texts. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Here's Christ returning, coming back with his angels. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with, with what? A seven-year tribulation? No. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power? Is there another text in Second Thessalonians, son? There is. One chapter further, chapter 2, verse 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So when Christ comes back, the wicked are going to be destroyed by the brightness of his appearing. Sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. There's one more text you can mark down, Revelation 6, 14 through 17, that describes what happens when Jesus returns. The wicked run to the rocks and mountains and pray that they would fall on them and hide them from the face of Jesus. So when Christ comes back, the wicked run away from Jesus. Reminds me, here in the Philippines, did you ever get up at night in the dark of your home and you turn on the light and there's this bug that goes running. He doesn't like the light. He goes running the moment the light comes on. What's that bug called? A cockroach. We got them in our apartment. I don't know if you got them in yours. They don't like the light. And so when Jesus comes back, the wicked, just like the cockroaches, they go running to the holes, the rocks, the mountains to hide from Jesus. What a picture. Because they're not ready for his coming. That's right. When Jesus comes back, there will only be two groups of people. Those who are ready to welcome him when he returns, and those who flee to the rocks and mountains to hide from him when he returns. So we have learned tonight, Christ's coming will be, number one, a literal event. Number two, visible. Number three, audible event. And number four, climactic Five, glorious. it will not be a secret event, according to the Bible. Now, here's the question. Is there anything more important than being ready for Christ's return? Since we do not get a second chance after He comes, we must be ready before He comes. Is there anything more important than being ready for Christ's return? The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse 2, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. We know based on the prophecies and based on the things that are happening around us that we are living in the last days and that very soon Jesus will come. Where will you be? What will you be doing when the ground begins shaking beneath your feet and the islands begin sinking and the mountains crumbling? And you can look up in the distance and you see that spot of glory where Christ and the holy angels are coming back to earth. And as you look upon this spot of glory, it grows 
bigger and brighter until it fills the whole heavens with the forms of thousands and billions of angels. And looking up in the middle, you can see the face of Christ shining brighter than the sun. Every eye shall see him, the Bible says. And then you hear the trumpet call, the dead in Christ rise, the resurrection. We're going to study about the resurrection. That's one of our future topics. And then the saved of all the ages are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, taken up to the mansions that he has prepared for them. They're to spend a thousand years with Jesus. Where will you be, friend? Do you want Jesus to... Are you ready for Christ to come? Do you want him to come? I had a man tell me one time, he said, oh, no, I don't want Jesus to come. I said, why not? He said, I live on the ground floor of this big, tall apartment complex. And when that earthquake strikes, it's all coming down. I don't want the Lord to come. I thought, how sad. If you're not ready for Christ to come, then you'll be praying for the apartments and the, and the buildings and the rocks to fall on you. If you are ready for Christ to come, you're going to say, lo, this is our God. We've waited for him, and he will save us. Do you want Jesus to come? Imagine, a young couple have gotten married, and the husband's a sailor. And shortly after the wedding, he heads off to sea, but he writes home love letters, sends emails from the ship every day, writes a new email to his new bride, and she prints them out. She shows them to her family, her friends. She says, my husband, he's so thoughtful. Every day he writes to me. I love him so much. I miss him so much. Uh, but I hope he doesn't come home too soon. Would she say that if she loved him? Have you ever heard Christians with that attitude? We love you, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, but don't come too soon. Uh, we got some things we want to enjoy down here first. Are you ready for Jesus to come? He's coming soon, whether you're ready or not. I want to be ready, don't you? You want to be ready? There is hope for you. Christ's return will not a secret be. There is hope for you. The wicked to the mountain caves will flee. There is hope for you. Christ comes to rescue you and me. So there is hope in Christ for you. There is hope for you. The advent of our Lord is drawing nigh. There is hope for you. His coming will be seen by every eye. There is hope for you. We shall ascend to meet him in the sky. So there is hope in Christ for you. Are you ready for that grand event? What would keep you from being ready? As you look in your heart tonight... Is there something between you and Jesus you know you need to surrender to Him? I want to be ready for that event, don't you? Would you like to ask Jesus tonight to prepare you for His return? How many want to ask Him to prepare you for that event? May I see your hands? Let's stand and pray for that as we end our meeting tonight. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for revealing to us the truth about how Jesus will come back. And we do look forward to his coming. Pray that you would prepare us, that if anything may be standing in the way of us being ready for your return, that you would help us to surrender it to you.
and that we will be ready for Jesus appearing. This is our prayer. We pray that you would bless each person here to that end tonight. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.